Today, I am getting together with Brenda Hodge. Brenda lives just around the corner from me here in Lancaster, but here we are doing our social distancing and getting together online. How are you today, Brenda? I'm well. I'm well. I'm thankful, you know, to be working. I definitely, even though I'm an introvert, I definitely miss the interactions, but I'm thankful to be working and to be healthy for certain. Being an online running coach, uh, most, of my, most of my work happened online before this, so it hasn't impacted my work greatly for work. I'm thankful. That's a great segue into running and exercising because here we are. I think a lot of us are turning into couch potatoes, whether we intend to be or not. A few weeks ago, I noticed when I was out for my own run, I noticed a huge increase in the number of people. Now, maybe it's because the gyms were closed and maybe it's because the weather was getting nicer. But actually, I was encouraged by the number of people that I've seen outside. Were they running? Were they walking their dogs? I feel like I've seen an increase in running. So, and I think that's how, I don't know if you originally, how you originally saw it, because I posted it on our neighborhood Facebook group. But I was so motivated by these people and thinking about all these new beginners that I actually posted that online running program for, specifically for beginners. So I, I do think, you know, I think one of the outcomes of this is that we're going to have a little bit of a running boom. Well, that would be good because that's something we can all do alone and we yes. can social distance and actually keep healthy. I was talking to someone a little bit earlier today about how discombobulating it can actually feel when the pillars of our routines are just like, wiped out from under us. I don't go to the gym anymore. I don't go to the wellness center anymore. And now I need to make a routine to jump on my elliptical every day, which before was just something that sat in the corner just in case, right? Exactly. (laughs) I'm really excited about your new fundraiser that incorporates running or moving because on your website, it said I can jump on my elliptical and put in my miles. Yeah, you can, however however you choose to do it. And you know, you you touched on it. Um, I think exercise, obviously it helps us physically because we're getting outside, we're moving, and it can help us if you build it in your routine, it can definitely help with routine and give us some sense of normalcy. But I also think it can help help with the mental health aspect, part of it because mm-hmm. a lot of us don't feel connected as run, and running is something that even though we do it separately, it can connect us online. Sure, with a program or a fundraiser like you're doing where we all get in and put in our stats and see how each other is doing. There's another group on Facebook for our community. I'm not sure if you're part of it, but is, is it called Moms Run? Uh, I'm aware of it, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I joined that I well, a couple years ago. And it, again, it's another community of, around exercise. And also in our community is that wonderful track up at the FNM College. Oh, yeah, I use that. I, in fact, we used to do workouts there every Tuesday night. And that's, you know, you had asked me one of the differences of before the pandemic and after, you know, during. And that's one of the differences I'm feeling. Like, as a runner, I do some of my runs alone. But probably two or three times a week, I would meet with my friends and we would do workouts together. And that's not happening. And that's definitely something that we're missing. It's a whole that. It is. And now I'm not a community runner, but the times I've gone up to FNM, there were just enough people running around the track with you that you kind of felt like it was a, a social activity. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is a little bit harder um, to keep your distance if there's a big group up there. So every time I run past, I'm like, okay, it's too, I kind of feel like I'm giving that to the beginners. I'm like, well, let the newbies get there because they don't know the roads. They didn't know how to run the roads and I'll run elsewhere. But yeah, it's definitely one of the great resources we have in Lancaster.
So when you say run the road, when you do your coaching, do you give advice on how to deal with traffic and how to run down the sidewalk? I do. Yeah. In fact, after I, after I did the beginning program, I was on my own run and I saw it must've been a beginner. I didn't, you know, I didn't shame them or anything, but they were running with traffic. And in my head, I'm saying, Oh, that's dangerous. You need to run on the other side. I thought maybe they don't know. I, you know, I've experienced coaching um, middle school kids and we go through these things so that they know people can't be responsible for behaving a certain way if they haven't learned it. So actually I have on my blog, I covered some running rules of the road. And of course, it includes things now like don't spit because runners used to spit. <laughs> um, but that's that's an important thing is that you're supposed to run against traffic. And that doesn't really apply to people running on the sidewalk, does it? No, I, I personally prefer the road over the sidewalk right now because oh. I don't want to get in the way of walkers. But if I see like if I see a biker, I'll get off or you know, if I'm in somebody else's way, I don't mind being the one to move. And frankly, right now is a good time to get comfortable running on the roads because there is so much less traffic. That's true. There truly is a, a much less traffic. I was on the phone with someone the other day and they said, What's that noise? I'm like, oh, I heard it too. It's a truck going by. <laughs> ah, it seemed out of the ordinary, you know, where you've got these little birds singing instead yeah. in the city, yeah. which is nice. So I actually am going to be signing up for this fundraiser and I'm going to do my miles on my elliptical because um, my family still thinks that I'm high risk for even going outside. I was very sick and my lungs are still still recovering. And so I need to build my lungs up. This is a great opportunity for me to get that another pillar of routine in my life and to build up my lungs and also to contribute to a good cause. So Brenda, can you tell us a little bit about how the fundraiser is going to work and who it's going to support? Certainly, certainly. So the fundraiser is a virtual run or walk or hike, or movement, as you said, of your choice. And I originally have the goal of 7.17 miles because 717 is our area code. Now I understand that can be a lot for some people. So if they want to break it into multiple runs, for example, you could do a mile or a little bit over a mile a day for a week. And that would A, help you build your routine. Um, it would give you your 7.17 miles. You need to complete it by May 17th. And I ask that people put in a donation of a minimum of $7.17. And I've had some groups go together. And so they've made a pact kind of with a little group of friends or small families who are doing it together. Now, when I say doing it together, that just means that they're all going to participate. That doesn't mean they're going to go out and run. You shouldn't be running with anyone that you don't cohabitate with. So you can complete it on your own anytime between now and May 17th. You can go to my webpage at run717.com to sign up. There's also a Facebook group with the same name and it has more information there. Some of the people are doing it privately. If you want to upload your Strava so we can see the details, some individual, uh, his name is Ryan, already did that. He shared his little run. He made his donation, then he shared his run. So he's the first person to get it done. So that's great. But we still have plenty of time. As of today, we've raised over $400. So I think it's a it's a good start because it's a COVID run and we're all in this together. It's a, definitely a theme I've heard, not just from me, but throughout Lancaster and York, I've seen. I wanted something that would encompass something in York and Lancaster. And I haven't found a group in Harrisburg, but if somebody wanted to do that, you know, I'd be happy to do that. But it, 
it's through the United Way and in Lancaster, it's called the Lancaster Cares Foundation. And 100% of the money raised goes towards either the Lancaster version or the York version. And this foundation is, was developed to help people who are impacted by the pandemic. It's worth doing even if you just want to make a contribution. <laughs> Yes, I'm not going to call you up and say, you didn't run your seven miles. Why didn't you run your seven miles? You can make a contribution without doing it, but sometimes having a goal can motivate us to get moving. This COVID situation is going on long enough that's making a lot of people now think about moving again. Yes, yeah. And making some commitments to that. I was really excited to see it come through my feed and to participate, so we'll see how that goes. So you are staying healthy? I am. I am. Yeah, thankfully I am. And I think the fact that I've been, you know, a runner for many years, I don't think that makes me immune, but I think it, it helps definitely. So my running's going well and I'm thankful for that. I'm a little sad today because today was supposed to be the Boston Marathon. So I'm supposed to be in Boston right now celebrating and here I am inside. So it's a little sad. But. Yeah. So Brenda, tell us a little bit about your running career. Uh, sure. Um, I ran on and off while I was having kids, but I didn't really get serious until after my fourth child. Um, it's definitely always been something for me as a stress relief. And um, years ago, I was going through some difficult time and running was one of the things that helped me more. I had a good therapist and yoga helped and some medications helped, but the thing that was the most help for me was getting outside and moving. And so I think that's what helped me become a marathoner and my interest in running long distance. I definitely found running to be an outlet. And I don't know if you know, I'm a former music teacher. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So before I had children, that's what I did. I think it just grew from the fact of me being a helper um, and what I was going through. It was coaching became a natural progression. So That's awesome, especially when you can speak from a personal experience because you were a beginner. I was, and it wasn't long ago. A lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm too old just to do this, you know, or I'm content just getting out and running. And I think they're afraid of pushing themselves to see what they might do. I didn't become a good runner until after I had my kids. I was in my 40s. So my PR, like my marathon PR was in 2018 at age, I guess I was 46 then. So I it's see. kind of late bloomer, you could say. So a lot of people come to me and they say, well, you've probably never coached anyone in this position. I'm like, well, actually I was in your position and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a college athlete to get moving. You don't have to be great to get moving. Sometimes what's is great is finding your own greatness and what your body's capable of doing. That's a wonderful challenge to all of us. So if we were going to lace up our shoes and run out our front doors, <clears throat> what do we do about masks? Well. I, I avoid, right now I'm avoiding people. So I'm telling you what I'm doing, I'm doing personally, which I think is a respectful thing. I would say 98% of my running, I run at times or in locations where I will not encounter anybody else. So if I'm running on a road and I see somebody coming, I'll cross the road or I'll come back. I also have a buff I use. Um, I should have. I should have gotten it. So, and I have it around my neck. And if I'm coming up to somebody about 10 feet beforehand, I put it up. And then when I go past them, I wait a few steps and then I put it down. The other day I ran on the rail trail and it was a little busy, so I made sure to do that. So I actually have asthma and I have some other issues that will make me panic a little bit if I can't breathe. So I personally, I have a mask for when I go 
to public places. Okay, so that buff actually gives you the ability to breathe strong yeah. and hardy when you're running. And then if you're aware and put it up, it protects you and the person you're right. meeting. I will say, I don't want, you know, I don't want to offend any, and I respect the fact, we have to respect that people have different level of comforts. Mm -hmm. I have, I know of some people who don't want to run outside at all right now, and I understand that, and they're afraid. And, you know, I have other people who are a little bit more liberal on what they're doing. So I've kind of found what works for me personally. It allows me to continue my running, but it's still respectful to other people. Yes, well, thanks for that suggestion. I'm not going to say how legal or illegal it is with all of our wear a mask mandates coming down. Right. From Depends on your state. If we have a listener from out of state and if there's a mandatory, you must wear a mask when you're in public, do that. But as of right now, the state of Pennsylvania is when you're going into certain businesses, you have to wear it. So when I go to the grocery store, I put on my real mask and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a rule follower. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, divergent from, yeah. you know. Great. What's, what's well, do you have any um, races lined up in the far future that you just really hope will still be on schedule? Well, every race, well, I would say 90% of the races that were scheduled for the spring have been rescheduled for the fall. Now, whether or not they happen, I mean, I'll tell you that, like, for example, Boston was supposed to be today. They've rescheduled for September. Now, I'm an optimistic person. I would like to think that we would have these, this under control by then. But if you think of tens of thousands of people gathering together, using public transportation to get there from all over the country and the world, running around the street, water cups, and the, you know, I, I am doubtful, honestly, I'm doubtful that it's gonna happen. Now, smaller races that are 100 people or less, I think those have a better chance of happening. I'm really trying to focus on my runners of maintaining their current health, maintaining a routine, and trying to find other goals. One runner I know wants to work up to 100 miles a week. Another runner wants to PR in the mile because it's something that's easy that they can do on their own, right? So I am trying not to have my heart set on any race just because it's been, we don't know, it's so unpredictable. That's a responsible attitude. I'm thinking about the people who've been training for the Olympics. Oh, certainly. You know, you see in-depth stories about their training and the intensity and the mental drive that they have to have to compete and that it's like it's constant for years leading up to that one event. And so I, I find it admirably remarkable when some of these people say what you said, tens of thousands of people, close quarters. How can we do this responsibly? And I'm like, Wow, <laughs> that speaks to high character. We went down to see the Olympic trials. There's a race that happens to determine who goes to the Olympics. Right. And so in February, the United States had their trials down in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I traveled down there to cheer on some friends who were running on it and to spur my boys to kind of see the process. And I was thinking how lucky they were to have had that race because it was just nearly weeks later that the whole world shut down. By then, the Berlin Marathon had been canceled. But you know, I guess maybe it's my own thinking, oh, the United States is a great place and my own immortality, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I, when Berlin was canceled, I thought, wow, that seems kind of like over the top. You know, like, I can't believe they did that. Why? But then as things have progressed, it's like, well, I'm, I'm glad they did that. And I can't imagine, it's like, yes, I'm sad about Boston, but it's more sad, I'm more sad about the loss of normalcy than I am about a specific race. You know what I mean? 
I do know what you mean. You were talking about our sense of, of mortality and it kind of can't happen here. It's kind of hard for us sometimes to, um, to grieve that loss of normalcy, to grieve that idea that things are pretty bad here. Yeah. And it's almost, I think it's a, uh, a coping technique is that we just have to think everything's okay. I did a little note to the athletes that were supposed to run Boston Day. I did a little note to them saying, you know, it's okay to be sad about today. Mm-hmm. If you're, I mean, it's not like you're losing perspective. Sometimes if we can't comprehend the totality of the sadness, it comes out in other ways. So the sadness that you're feeling may not just be about Boston, it's about everything. And you're, when you're talking about it, it may look like it's just Boston, but it's not, it's the entire situation. It is, it is. Every single one of us in this whole entire world has been affected by this. Yeah, and I was thinking, okay, when this is truly all over, I think what we're gonna see is the fallout on a mental health side. And I think that's gonna be a very important piece that I hope people are going to be addressing because some people are okay in this isolation, but people who have a hard time connecting with others, this doesn't make it any easier, you know? It does not make it any easier. And I think that's why it's really important for us to be able to tell our stories, for other people to hear our stories so that people realize they're not alone in this. But about the mental health aspect, I'm I'm wondering if it's even going to wait till a second wave. I yeah. I don't know. We've been in this now for a month. The mandatory quarantine or isolation. In a month, three months, six. I feel I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's time is a weird thing right now. Well, you know, time is. It's it's kind of like what day is this? We don't go to work on the weekdays. We don't do our weekend activities, and we don't have our routines to trigger us and. I think that that's a common symptom of people who are depressed is that time just kind of blends together. And so in some ways we're putting ourselves in that simulated state of mind just because that's the circumstance we're in. But nevertheless, I think that if people are feeling depressed that they need to seek help or go for a run. Try it. Yeah, go outside, go outside. And even just getting, if if running is, if running is too, seems like too big of a step and overwhelming, just get outside and go for a walk. Exactly. Or sit on your porch, just sunshine, right? right? Baby steps. Brenda, when this is all over, maybe we could walk around the corner and walk, dog, run down the street and grab a cup of coffee. But thank you so much for joining me here today. I hope a lot of people will run over to run717.com and participate in the virtual run maybe reach out to you for some coaching before we hang up could we take a moment of silence just to reflect on the seriousness of this yes of course thank you togethering because we will get through this better when we get through it together